you're not listening to Pubcast, the terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the Pubcast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. Welcome to the Quiet Man episode of the Pubcast. This is essentially a palate cleanser after the wild uh, Cannonball Run episode. The Quiet Man is a very different kind of movie than all the others we've done on the Pubcast. It's almost 70 years old, and the word most often used to describe it is charming. So Eric and Allison join me to break down this John Wayne classic. Uh, The movie looks like a postcard of a romanticized Irish village. It's quirky and funny and odd and filled with interesting characters and amazing scenery. Uh, And it also has one of the greatest fights in the history of film. So throw a punch, grab a pint, and listen up as we break down The Quiet Man. tell you about the quiet man he's john wayne in a picture you'll soon be cheering it's the story of sean thornton a right intended man who came from america to forget his past in innisfree there he met a fiery red-headed lass and the village marriage broker went to work that's a pretty bonnet you have on bonnet don't you be talking to me about bonnets after leaving mine stuck up there like a easy now have the good manners not to hit the man until he's your husband and until he'll hit you back. Then her bully of a brother, Red Will Danaher, refused to pay her rightful dowry. <laughs> There'll be no locks or bolts between us, Mary-Kate, except those in your own mercenary little heart. Mary-Kate left him to go to Dublin. But he caught her at the station and brought her back with the whole town watching him do it. I'll pay you. Never! Then the fight was on. A fight they're still talking about in Innisfree. It's a wonderful picture. The finest ever brought to the screen by John Ford. And he's won three Academy Awards. His direction makes unforgettable the performances of John Wayne, Maureen O'Hara, Barry Fitzgerald, and Victor McLaughlin. All right, The Quiet Man, 1952. This is our oldest movie by far, Uh, which is interesting because there's a plethora of trivia and like production notes and information behind the scenes um, that a lot of the more recent movies don't have. Yeah. Which is interesting. But all right, the no-nonsense plot. A retired American boxer returns to the village of his birthland, of his birth in Ireland, uh, where he falls for a spirited redhead whose brother is contemptuous of their union. Great, no nonsense. That actually is not as bad as the other ones. No, I mean the the plot of this movie is extraordinarily simple, right. so it's good that it's you know fine. Uh, my normal first question is, where were you when you saw it? When did you see it? Whatever. I don't know that we have, I mean, we can, we all saw it on TV or right. VHS or something. Um, so I don't know about that. I mean, the, I think I saw, I saw it for the first time with you guys. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I knew of it. I, I, it didn't, like, 
it wasn't like a, a highly regarded movie in my house like that, that we knew about, but I knew of it just by sort of osmosis. It was kind of around, yeah. but uh, I had never watched it. I'd seen a scene here or there, maybe the ET scene, you know, whatever right. we can talk about later. But uh, I didn't, I didn't really know much about it until you guys, you know, yeah. however long. I think so. I made you watch it. And you were, at first you were a bit hesitant. I'm like, just watch it. Well, it's a 1950s <laughs> I know. John Wayne movie. I'm like, yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. John Wayne, when he's not being a cowboy, what? Yeah. But it's great. Yeah, I think we watched it. Uh, our parents had it on television. Like it was playing on like one of the five channels that we could get. Yeah. And maybe there had to be like a aerial adjustment to in order to get the correct channel. Oh, I was wondering, um, would it have been VHS? Yeah, that, that was the. No, uh, it was the on legend. television first, and we had like this dial thing that turned the TV antenna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be able to get different channels that were further away. Yeah. And I think that's what we had to do to get this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the legend. I get the legend that, as, as I remember it. It was Legend. on, yeah, UHF channel, channel 18 in Milwaukee. This was right after mom and dad bought their first VCR. I think I was seven when we got, <laughs> got that first VCR. And they were trying, in an attempt, like Allison said, we had the, the uh, dial mm-hmm. in our living room that was, essentially hooked up to a motor that would turn the aerial so you wouldn't have to manually do it. Wow. But in an attempt to get the best picture possible when they were recording this on TV, I believe the story goes, dad actually did get up on the roof and was yelling (laughs) down to mom, dad turning the antenna. How's this? How's this? (laughs) <laughs> yelling down to my mom to get the best picture possible recording this movie off of a UHF broadcast. Yeah. Can you see it now? How yeah. about now? How about now? What about much. this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, so uh, let's just go into box office performance. And okay. we, can, we can expand off of that if we need to. Yep. So, this movie, now, these are, I have $19.52 and I have adjusted for modern day. It's oh, not, okay. What I found, it's not exactly 2020, but it's right. close enough. Yeah. You can ballpark it. Um, so, I'm going to give you the top 10 of 1952, actual and adjusted. Okay. If you want both those numbers. But I'll, I'll go actual, then we can add just a Okay. Okay. Number one. Greatest show on earth. Okay. Uh, 32.9 million. Okay. Uh, this is Cinerama. 28 million. Okay. Uh, the, sh- the Snows of Kilimanjaro, 18 okay. million. Ivanhoe, 17.4 million. Hans Christian Andersen, 16.7 million. Hmm. Singing in the Rain, 12.4 million. That's it? Wow. So one, two, three, four. Sixth for Singing in the Rain. Sailor Beware. I don't know what Sailor Beware is. Uh, 11.9. The original Moulin Rouge, 11.8 for eighth place. Jumping Jacks, Jumping Jacks, uh, 11.1 for ninth. 
And The Quiet Man hits number 10 at 10.6 million. Hmm. It was made for a budget of 1.75 million. Yeah. So it was five times the, right. the budget, right? Yeah. Uh, so 10 million back then is adjusted for approximately 175 million now. Wow. Yeah. So and those nice. other movies are Supposedly. ginormous. They're, so it's. Uh, it's 548 million, 467 million, 300 million, 289, 277, 206, 198, 196, 185, and Quiet Man at 175 adjusted. Wow. I don't know how you do the math on the adjustments or how they did the math on the adjustments on yeah. this list, but uh, whatever. So, Quiet Man, a top 10 movie in box office. Yeah. I guess it's just, I, I don't know, the, the pull of John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara. Yeah. But I, I, it's interesting Ford, when you too. talk about yeah John Ford too. yeah when you talk about the 175 180 million adjusted the we've had top tens where number yeah. ten was equivalent of like 70 million yeah. 40 million yeah something like that like that's a those are giant numbers They're giant numbers and it's you know how many movies were out at that time. TV and you know other distractions. Well, that's how that you stuff. got. That's right. how you watch stuff. Was going to the movie right. theater. You right. didn't have television right. in every household. Yeah, and it's it's pretty evenly spread out. Like you don't have. I mean, the top one is, was five hundred million. Great, but you don't have the two billion dollar Marvel movie that eats right. up you know a third of the box office that year or whatever. Right. So I'm sorry, Eric. You're going to say something? Uh, no. He, he said. Oh. Uh, John Ford was also oh, yeah, a drama because yeah, yeah. he was, you know, big time director back then. Yeah, because uh, at, at that point he'd already made like The Grace of Wrath and yeah. a couple others. So he was a big de- he was a big deal by then. Yeah, totally. Um what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score was for The Quiet Man? Mm-hmm. Let's go audience first, and then critics. This one is interesting. I didn't expect this. For, for both of them, honestly, but the uh, audience. Um, I'm going to say audience is 80%. Eric? Uh, 75. Audience score was 91%. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. Um, right what do you think the critic score was? Uh... I'm going to think the critics liked it, and I'm going to say 90. Wow. Okay. Eric? I am going to um, – I will stick with my audience number and stick with – I'll say 75 again. The critic score was also 91%. Oh. Oh, okay. Critics and audience the same. That's one of our combined – if you combine both of those or average both of those uh, – one of our best scored movies we've done, I think. It's, I mean, it's, it's up there. Up there, yeah. Just, I, I don't. Is it surprising? I mean, I, I know this is a, a well liked film, but it's, it's a different kind of movie. It's not, it's not the John Wayne shoot 'em up, you know. Yeah, but I think I think Cowboy the movie. I think the Maureen O'Hara. <clears throat> they were in what like four movies together yeah, or five movies together? Five, I think. I think. And then Barry Fitzgerald was in a lot of movies too. 
So was uh, what's his face? Danaher. Oh yeah. Can't think of it. Oh. Um, Victor McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Yep. They're all like big. It's Father Lonergan was yeah, also he was a name, like, yeah. yeah. They're Ward, all like well-known guys. Yeah. yeah, Ward Bond was another one of those yeah. John Ford regulars, and he was in It's yeah. Wonderful Life. So. It's not quite Ocean's Eleven with uh, Clooney and his crew, but uh, it feels like that. Like it's a lot of actors that have their own True. careers yeah. uh, outside of this movie, and they're coming together for like a an Avengers Assemble type of deal. You know, <laughs> uh, maybe not yeah. exactly that, but uh, you know, uh, it's like an all-star cast, right? Yeah. So this movie. In the 1953 Academy Awards, uh, was nominated for seven uh, awards, and it won two. It won John Ford uh, won for Best Director, The Quiet Man, beating Joseph Mankiewicz for Five Fingers, Cecil B. DeMille for The Greatest Show on Earth, and Fred Zinner Zinneman uh, for High Noon. I am not. Uh, and uh, John Houston for Moulin Rouge. Uh, so I don't know enough about these movies yeah. to even comment well, on that. Well, if you listen to that, it's... They're all, top they're all in movies. top yeah. ten grossing movies, yeah. which is not what happens anymore. Not anymore. Uh, they also won for Best Cinematography. But it was interesting to me, this is a specific category. Not just Best Cinematography. Best Cinematography Color. Oh, <laughs> this because, movie was yeah. in color as opposed to black and white. So there was a black and white category as well. Oh, interesting. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, so they won for that. Uh, they did not win for best picture. They did not win for best supporting actor they, or adapted screenplay, production design, or sound mixing. They were nominated. Uh, best supporting actor was uh, uh, Victor McLaughlin, McGlaglin, uh, Will Danaher. Yeah. Um, so he was the nomination for that. And uh, Best Picture, The Quiet Man lost or was nominated with High Noon, Ivanhoe, Moulin Rouge, and The Greatest Show on Earth, which that won. Got it. So fucking big time movie. Yeah. I mean, that's all you can say is it's top 10 grossing that year and had seven nominations and two winners. Yeah. I mean, and you know, we were at a party with a bunch of people with Irish last names and half of them hadn't seen it or even right. heard about it, really. So. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, it, it's a movie that either if people have seen it, they've seen it like two dozen times. If yeah. they've not seen it, they've I mean, then it's like they've never even heard of it. Yeah. It's yeah. not. Oh, yeah. I, no, I've never gotten around. To, it's never that. Oh, and for those listening who may not know this movie uh, is held in high regard by Irish people, basically. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's sort of a a postcard to Ireland. It's very, you know, cinema graphic, picturesque. Yeah. Um, wow. uh, you know, we when we vis- visited Ireland, we went to the town where this was shot. We saw the old cottage and the old, yeah. you know, the, the the tavern that was, or the... Kong, yeah. Yeah, the bar, uh, the pub that wasn't, really a pub here we pronounce it Cohen. all that stuff yeah yep. so um it's a tourist attraction and, and you know they still talk about john wayne and uh maureen o'hara and they have 
essentially monuments to them in this picture. And apparently the town calls the tourists that come there uh, quiet man crazies. That's <laughs> uh, just call them Americans, right. maybe, to be honest. I mean, come on. Well, apparently the, the uh, white Amorn that he sees at the beginning where it's, it looks kind of like broken down, a lot more broken yeah, down, yeah. that that cottage <clears throat> that they show there is hardly there anymore because Americans and tourists kept stealing stones from that cottage. So like, yeah. apparently, apparently like there's hardly anything left of it. <laughs> but isn't there, sounds about right. I, I, I thought I read, I think I read somewhere that there is still a, a replica nearby. Yeah. There are two. Um, I didn't write down where the second one is. One is in Kong that we visited and we were in and it's a, essentially a, you know, brick by it's like brick a museum replica. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a museum essentially. Um, with, you know, it's, it's the cottage, it's got the bike and it's got their clothing in there and it's a whole, the bed and the whole deal. There was another one in another city in another nearby city outside yeah. of Kong, a uh, similar type of deal, maybe not the museum type of situation, but there's more than right. one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Let's dive into trivia. We're kind of there already. The two, I, there's so much stuff here. I don't even know what to keep, what to, uh, yeah, it's interesting discuss. how much is out there yeah. for this. Um, let's start with the name, uh, Republic Pictures head, Herbert Yates, whoever, Disliked the title and wanted the film to be renamed uh, The Prize Fighter and The Colleen. Oh, that's a terrible name. It's a terrible name. name. A terrible name. It's a terrible name. Uh, the two lead characters, Sean and Mary Kate, were named after director John Ford's first name in Irish, <coughs> John, Sean. Right. And the two ladies John Wayne loved the most, Mary, his wife, and Kate was Catherine Hepper. Well. Mary Kate. Yeah. And then John. But this was an adapted screenplay, so that they didn't keep the names from whatever the screenplay was. That I would have to. I mean, I assume not. But interesting. Yeah. Uh, Maureen O'Hara in that scene where she slaps John Wayne in the face and he puts his hand up. To, yeah. Uh, she broke her hand. Oh, really? She broke her hand, and that was like one of the first days of shooting, and she couldn't then get it wrapped because they had all the, these other. Uh, shots to do and she couldn't have a, a cast or a wrapped hand in one scene and not in another, another scene and all that stuff so broken hand oh early on and had to just deal with it she went through the ringer with this yeah. movie and I don't know if you were going to talk about <clears> this but apparently like John Wayne and um, John Ford were going to kind of goof around with her yeah, and it. In the scene where John Wayne is going to drag her through the field to get back to Will Danaher to um, demand the dowry, um, they it was a sheep field and they kept kicking sheep poop into the pathway <laughs> yeah. so she would get drugged through it and she caught wind of it and would get rid of it. And it went back and forth like a couple of times and... Mm -hmm. They kicked it in the pathway one final time, like right before filming was supposed to start. And so she gets dra literally dragged through shit um, for that scene. 
And then they had a plan to not give her a towel or any yeah, yeah, water yeah, yeah. to wipe down. So she just smelled all day. <laughs> and she was super annoyed and super mad, but at the same time thought it was very funny and yeah. just very, um, you know, there was a lot of like pranks and good fun and stuff like that that happened on, on set. I just found uh, the name. So the one replica or village cottage, I guess, is uh, in the village of Kong, we talked about, uh, where much of the film was shot. There is also a replica of the fast roof cottage uh, located at Mam Cross in County Galway. So that's where that's it is. That's right. I, I knew it had two A's in a row. Yeah. M-A-A-M. Yeah. Uh, so this is one of the few movies, certainly at the time, but even I mean, since then, really, uh, that features people speaking in Gaelic. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, at least a big Hollywood uh, type movie. Um, the others are Darby O'Gill and the Little People. That's the one with Sean Connery that is ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Wind That Shakes the Barley, two thousand six, and The Guard, two thousand eleven. Huh. There you go. Great. Um, the color green can be seen somewhere in every shot in the film but not on any of the actors' costumes except for Maureen O'Hara's green floral dress in the cemetery scene. I saw that, and then I was went back and looked. It's not on their clothing, but it is a part of, like, ribbons and bonnets. And the, the tan that Maureen O'Hara oh, wears yeah, at yeah. the end is, is like, a green dark or is green. it gray? I don't know. I think it's, like, a dark green. Okay. Yeah, I mean... A lot of this stuff is, you know. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, none of it's emerald. <laughs> little, I think the only emerald green were a couple of ribbons at the horse race on the bonnets. The Widow Talan and yep. Mary Kate both had kind of greenish ribbons in their bonnets. Yep. Uh, the scene where he pulls her in for, on the windy night in the cottage and does the, the kiss that was, if anyone doesn't know, uh, in the ET scene right. when he pulls the girl in and, and he's he's drunk because the uh, ET was drunk at home, right? And he gets and watching the quiet man. Yeah. yeah, and he releases the frogs and whatever, and he he pulls her in and does the the kiss and has to step on the the guy, the kid who falls below. Right. He's too short for the girl, <laughs> so he has to step on the kid's back to get the kiss. Right. Uh, that's a exact or nearly exact you know shot for shot remake of the quiet man scene yeah i i and on, on a side note i remember when et was first released on home video yeah uh, very early 90s maybe it was long after um long after et had originally come out this was the, yeah, they yeah. finally released it on on video i remember and I'm, dad had bought that ET for us, and so I would. We were all sitting down to watch ET the, for the first time since we had seen it in the theater, and that scene came on from The Quiet Man. And at this point, even though this was like the early '90s, I was uh, maybe to, we were, you know, barely a teenager. <clears throat> I I already knew The Quiet Man that well. Yeah, yeah. we all like all of us jumped up out of our seats 
not know when obviously didn't know the quiet man when we were little kids but even when even dad had forgotten that that's that scene from the quiet man was in et and we all got super excited immediately uh when <laughs> that scene came on from the quiet man in the middle of et we all went nuts yeah if you've seen one or the other uh it's kind of memorable and then when you see it in the other film you're like oh clearly these are you know uh, inspired by each other yeah it's great well and that that goes that's the, maybe the most obvious uh connection between spielberg and john ford i mean yeah uh watching this movie, if you know that Spielberg was inspired or, you know, influenced by John Ford a lot, uh, you can see a lot of Spielberg kind of shots. Uh, you know, it's, it's not super obvious, but you can, you can kind of sense a Spielberg feel with that. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, some of the wide shots and stuff. Uh, okay. Barry Fitzgerald, who plays the character of McLean Oak Flynn, and Arthur Shields, who played the Reverend father, Reverend Playfair, uh, are brothers in real life. Yep. Wow. And when you look at them, when you look at them, it's like, oh, of course they are brothers. I know. I know. <laughs> the the um, the number of siblings in or just yeah. family total in the Quiet Man is unreal. So not only are uh, McLean and uh, the uh, yeah, the, the Padre Reverend. brothers, uh, Maureen O'Hara, uh, Father Paul, and one of the two, um, like IRA guys, for lack of a better term, those yeah. two guys that are always around, yeah. they're all brothers and sisters. Yeah. Uh, the, the very, very old man that's in every scene in the movie is John <laughs> Ford's brother. I know. And it, the kids and the kids at the horse race in the wagon, I think, are John Wayne's kids. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, if it's hard to keep track and you could go down a list of, of who's who, but uh it's like most of this movie is just made up of siblings and relations and yeah. cousins and friends and acquaintances. It's like it was like a family movie. Yeah, totally. Uh this Whenever I s saw this movie up until now, I always thought about this and I thought it was weird and then I would forget about it and not think about it forever. Um, but now that I, I read it and when we get to the recasting, this is something to consider if you guys haven't already. Uh, Maureen O'Hara was 31. Right. And her quote-unquote brother, brother, the character playing her brother, um, McLaughlin, was just short of 65 yeah he's 64 years old yeah what in the world <laughs> well and i what? saw that that he, he and he wasn't in the greatest of health so they no, had to clearly. they had to be really careful with that fight scene yeah and there's definitely <laughs> i noticed it today when i rewatched it yeah when he gets punched into the river yeah yeah there is not even a 
close resemblance of the stuntman that's in the water and Will Danaher. Yeah. Like that guy's yeah. got a full head of black hair yeah. and like <laughs> he's much more slight. Like it is, there is, it's not even close. I want to say that that was, I think it's John Ford's son. Was the I was just going to say, I think it's, sure. a, I think it's a relative of the director also doing the stunt. Yeah. And clearly uh, it wasn't him doing the, uh, uh, that Rockette kicked to the face. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. So I want to. So <laughs> I want to jump in for a moment because yeah. it's so. There, so there's a couple of things. So one, if you were going to get into this, I apologize. But no. um, you commented on this the other night when we were watching it, mm. and that was why is it that some of the sets are so yeah. like blatantly like either um, uh, like a soundstage type thing or just not great backgrounds. And then the rest is like this beautiful on-site. Well, let me set the scene for that. So Eric, we are watching it and uh, they're going over, it's early on, they're going over the, 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 the uh, stone bridge uh, right. on John mm-hmm. Wayne's trip from the, uh, uh, the train station. And they're clearly in the place like that's John Wayne and the actors are on the little horse carriage and they're going over this stone bridge and they do like a close, a, you know, a closer inset and they're on this paper mache bridge or whatever it's made out of. <laughs> and it's clearly in a, 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 a set. I mean, they're in some soundstage somewhere, probably shot months later in the U S or who knows when they were there. They could have just shot that while they were there and had it look like it, actually belonged to that that scene and i don't know why they didn't i mean maybe it was some sort of a pickup or the uh you know the needs changed or the script changed in some way or whatever fine but it seemed like it it was a throwaway scene almost it didn't really it wasn't a big deal i don't know why they didn't shoot that there and there's a lot of those where they use a set when they it appears they could have used the location where they shot almost all the movie I think in it's most crazy. in most cases it was when they are in motion and trying to capture dialogue. Yeah. With the exception yeah. of that scene with yeah. him on the bridge, sure. but for the most part that's what it was and John Wayne loved this movie. It's like his top 3 of all the his favorite movies, but he commented right. you know it was a relatively big budget for this movie doing so much on site and Almost on location yeah. and everything. And he was, he had expressed a lot of disappointment in how he hated it came all the out. Sets. Yeah, yeah, he, how it came out because it was just such a stark difference to what everything else in the film was of being on location yeah. and all of that. It just wasn't as, as authentic. I mean, I don't, it, it's not uncommon for that to happen in that period, of course, in the 50s. Right. You, you see that a lot, but, uh, it just seemed strange. Like they were definitely there. They could have just shot that right there. Why not just do it then? And to not be able to replicate that whatsoever in the studio is weird. Yeah. So, so I've got two more little things. So one is the chapel, the church where um, John Wayne plays Patty fingers in the Holy water. Yeah. But that, chapel is a protestant chapel it is not a catholic church and there was a big to do about them wanting to use that church with something that is so clearly 
Catholic yeah. with having a uh, holy water font like that, that they were upset that it was even outside. Like it was supposed to be a scene inside and they absolutely refused um, to bring a Catholic um, yeah. symbol into their church. And so they were able to kind of agree to do it outside, but that was, that's not normally where it would right. be, but it, in order to get, to be able to use the church that they wanted, they had to agree to doing this. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. That sounds perfect. And then the last thing, which um, Brennan saw me um, checking out something at the uh, this afternoon. So after they throw the money into the burning engine mm-hmm. thing and they walk away, First, I want to credit whatever sound man came up with the sound effect of Will Danaher getting punched in the stomach. <laughs> it's so great. Ooh, like, it is such a, like, it's such a good sound. Like a it's like kick. a thud and yeah. like a, ooh. Um, it's so good. But the first punch that Danaher throws at John Wayne, either... His toupee got knocked off. I read or that. Or he didn't have his toupee on under his cap. Yeah. Because he's got clearly got a cap on. Yeah. But when he's on the ground, he clearly is missing a lot of hair. <laughs> and I had I didn't ever really realize that about John Wayne. But it's not just he's got a receding hairline. He's like bald, like kind of in the back also. Yeah. So then, like watching that movie, a couple of other scenes earlier, I'm like, oh, that's clearly a toupee. Like, I wasn't ever, I never really paid much attention to it, but when I, when I then looked at that scene and it's there for like a second and a half, like you got to be looking for it to yeah. notice it. I read that but and I didn't look for it. Um, but that, I read it and I did look yeah. for it and I started laughing yeah. when I saw it. Yeah, I read yeah. it and I did not look for it. <laughs> I can't believe I was the one doing the research, Eric. <laughs> Going back to the source. I know. Um, I thought this was interesting that <clears throat> in this Irish film, the, you know, Mr. America, uh, John Wayne, uh, during all the, uh, the, the scenes with the horses, uh, everybody else has English saddles. Oh yeah. Uh, he had an American saddle. Yeah. <laughs> he had a U.S. Army issued cavalry saddle. Of course, John Wayne. Come on. Uh, and then one more thing I had was adjusting for inflation. Mary Kate Danaher's dowry of three hundred and fifty pounds in nineteen twenty-five, which I guess is when the movie was set. Um, would be approximately twenty three thousand or twenty five thousand US dollars. The one other thing that I did not um, quite pick up. Um, so it's Micheline Ogue Flynn, O G E. So the E E N at the end of a name mm-hmm. means little, yeah. and then Ogue is young so john wayne toward the beginning when he they're riding in the carriage back to town from the train station he calls him little young michael flynn from such you know like so he translates that name 
of Micheline Oak Flynn to yeah. young, you know, little young Michael Flynn who used to wipe my nose when I was a kid. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's, mm-hmm. I didn't really ever make that connection that it yeah. was more of a translation than a. Yeah. And for the first 10 times I saw it, I thought it was O Flynn. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was, I didn't know it was Og or whatever. Yeah. You know, uh, I thought it was, the last name was O Flynn. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't realize the E-E-N at the end yeah. meant little. So like Kathleen Colleen, is, yeah. Kathleen, Kathleen, yep, yep, yep. yeah, yeah. I did not, for this movie, didn't find anything on quick look and I wasn't going to put any effort into it because of the John Ford, John Wayne, Maureen O'Hara connections. But there's like, I didn't find any casting issues, uh, any how people are cast, who almost got the roles or whatever. I'm sure all of this was pretty much, once John Ford was on board, he was uh, getting these people to uh, do this movie. I, I can't imagine there was, you know, so-and-so was up for the role but didn't get it or uh, whoever, whatever other actor might have been considered but uh, scheduling conflicts. I didn't see any of that stuff. Yeah, uh, I, um, yeah, there, I, I would definitely say that there's nothing like that John Ford had like yeah. his stock of actors and you just tell this person to be there this time. I had read a, uh, I read a book several years ago that was a, about the, ma- uh, the making of the searchers. And uh, yeah. that's yeah. very much how John Ford worked it. He, and he was very, very particular, even the way he would shoot movies he would shoot as little as possible to get like, so there could literally could only be one version of a movie so that nobody could change it on him behind his back. Right. So he knew exactly what he wanted from the very beginning. So, and he would, if I remember right, he was trying to get this movie made for 10 years, if not more. Yeah. So he knew exactly who he wanted to be in this movie and I think it was it was always going to be John Wayne and Marino but I think that's why they're all older than they were supposed to be oh sure you know he he just got his people yeah like I don't care how old you are if you fit we're going to make you fit into this role it's fine so speaking so speaking of John Ford being like real particular about his movie how his movie is made and such that when he finished the film it was two hours and nine minutes long and I, I can't remember the the production company, but they basically Republic. said, you know, we are not releasing a movie that is longer than 120 minutes. Go back and re-edit it. He's like, there is nothing else to cut here. I can't do it. And they're like, you're going to have to figure it out. We are not releasing a movie that is longer than 120 oh, minutes. tell me. So he, they show it at a screening and it starts playing. And at 120 minutes the screen goes black lights go up and it was in the middle of the fight he didn't edit uh, anything he ended the movie with you know the last nine minutes which is the big fight scene and all of that yeah. stuff and the audience is like what the hell and he's like see i told you they'd want to watch the last nine minutes of the film <laughs> and so he got his two hours and nine That's minutes yeah. i love when directories pull that shit. yeah uh i thought you were going to say that uh they purposefully overcranked or 
I think that's the term, uh, overcranked, you know, sped up some of the footage to get under that thing. And there are a few points in the movie in that, where it's definitely, people are moving too fast and it's over, like it's, it's sped up a little bit. The fight scene where they're in the hay? Yes. The pile of hay? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that part should take 30 seconds and it takes 12 seconds. It's yeah. like keys like, whoa, 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 whoa. like it's everybody's like flipping around and stuff is in the air. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Um, well then let's, Let's dive into Recasturbate. Ooh, all right. Better close the door. It's time to Recasturbate. All right. <clears throat> this is another one that is top heavy as hell, uh-huh. um, which is good. And we're going to focus on the core four, which is Sean Thornton. Mary-Kate Danaher, Will Danaher, and Micheline Flynn. And then after that, a bunch of wild cards. Uh, I, I've put some names to uh, Father Lonergan, and I put uh, the widow Sarah Tulane, Talon. Uh-huh. Um, but you may have randoms that you want to throw in. Great. We'll do that, too. It's fine. Uh, should we start with Sean? Sure. Uh, John Wayne. All right. Um, I have four, and I have two extras. Whoa. But I'm going to save those. I don't want to take everyone's names. So okay. uh, I have two that I didn't pick for a specific reason. Sean Thornton. Uh, big guy, former boxer. It's John Wayne, uh, American. Uh, doesn't have to be all those things, but that's kind of who you're shooting for. Yeah. Uh, so in fourth well, these are all in second place, Ty, and then I have a number one. Okay. Uh, so I've got John Krasinski. I thought oh, could do I it. I thought about him, yeah. He was a last-minute addition. Hugh Jackman, I thought could do it. Uh, I like that he's... Uh, uh, Australian, Australian. Though. Okay. Um, Chris Hemsworth. Okay. I wasn't sure about that one, but he okay. fits the bill. The one I'm going for is playing against type in every possible way, uh, Idris Elba. <laughs> what? Idris Elba is my Sean Thornton. Get out of here. And we're going yeah. to call him Black Irish. Yeah. And then, <laughs> He's way too old. Well, he, uh, Sean Thornton, uh, John Wayne, was 45. Right. So Idris is like 50, 52. That's what I know, but. They have Will Danaher is 65 in this movie. I know, but dude. So I'm going with Il- Idris right. Elba, and I'm okay. making Ooh. this in a different movie. Wow. So there. All right. Eric? All right. Um, Being poised. I, um, I came up with a couple. I don't know. I, uh, I don't wow. really – I don't – I got three names here. I don't really have a favorite among the three, um, but I have uh, sort of on the same lines as uh, Brendan. Uh, all all wow. two, two of my three are American, but still <laughs> sort of the big boxer type guy, I guess. Um, I guess one of them is even, I guess has played a boxer in the past, but um, I have so Henry Cavill. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Ryan Gosling and Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. 
Gosling, I think it's a little slight, but that's all right. We can make these work. Gyllenhaal, I didn't even think of Gyllenhaal. Hmm. That I, could work. Yeah, could work. I am shocked that none of mine were picked. Um, so I found this character to be the heart, like really hard to cast. Because I didn't feel like there are a ton of people that really kind of fit this bigger than life kind of actor. No, I know. So um, my number three, um, who's not bigger than life, but the other two, I think, work. So number three is Sebastian Stan, who plays Bucky (laughs) in um, the Avengers movies. Number two, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And number one is Chris Pratt. Yeah, I I thought about him, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Chris Pratt and Ryan Reynolds... I said no to, I didn't include, I thought they had, for lack of a better term, uh, too much personality, you know, that they, yeah. uh, Ryan Reynolds for sure, Chris Pratt, I think could, could play it down. I, I, th- I thought about that too, because that was actually one thing that John Wayne said that was really hard was playing the straight man through the yeah, whole yeah. movie with all of this character happening around him, yeah. that it was, was difficult, but I thought, I kind of like the idea of those people being in those scenarios with all of this kookiness around them. Yeah, that's good. The two that I didn't pick, um, and I'll say, let me make sure I'm right on this. Uh, I thought they can play a couple different places, and then I didn't put them anywhere, uh, were Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I thought about uh, Ben Affleck. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to Mary Kate. If we don't all have the same number one, I'll be shocked. Mm. This is interesting, man. I, don't, I um, really can't. Yeah. I really will be shocked. All right, then you go first. Really? Yeah. Okay. You give us your Mary Kate's. So, my number three is Emma Stone. <laughs> Emma Stone is my number three. Okay. My number two um, is Catriona Balf. Good Lord. I, I, I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce her name. <laughs> she is in Outlander. She was in... Oh, um, the, main, the main girl and the yeah, main woman. In, yeah. yeah. Number one, Saoirse Ronan. My number three was Emma Stone. My number two was Margot Robbie. My number one was Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Eric. Um. Yeah, my Wait. number one is Saoirse Ronan. Damn it. <laughs> so that's one thing. When I started getting into a lot of these, I mean, besides the John Wayne character, the thing you have to think of is can they pull off theoretically an Irish accent, even though most of the yeah. people in this movie have English accents or uh, right. a, are attempting an Irish accent? I, you want to have them be able to do it and pull it off. Right. And that's why I didn't include some people because I'm like, I, I can't see that person making this accent work. Right. No way. Yeah. I, I yeah. because the, for the most part, I mean, yeah, there are a couple of the actors in the original that are sort of faking an Irish accent, but at the same time, a lot of them are from Ireland. Like Marina Hara is yeah, definitely Irish and it's her whole, you know, all those people are Irish speaking. So I was, 
purposely looking for Irish actors yeah. for all of my casting. And Saoirse Ronan was really the only one that even came, that I could think of or find that even came yeah. any even close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Will Danaher. I've got three. Two came to mind pretty quickly. The third, I didn't think of until late, and then and I like him a little more than I thought. So we'll see. Uh, uh, number there's three, one name that I think all three of us should. Yes, probably I, have. I totally I, agree. I agree. We'll get there. Number three is Russell Crowe. I thought oh. he could do it. He came out of nowhere. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Number two, Michael Shannon. Oh. I, I like, think about that. I yeah. like that one a lot. Yeah. Number one, and I think more than just me has this as number one, Liam Neeson. Yeah. He's on my list, yeah. To me, he's he's number one with the bullet, as we like to say. I think there's a different one that's a number one. Wow, really? Yeah. Well, I didn't put him in this movie. I that's not who what I'm talking oh, about. Although, right. yes. <laughs> He's on there, but not a serious one. All right, Eric, give me your Dan or her. Um, I, what, we've sort of touched about on this problem a couple of times already today. I, I, the age difference between Mary-Kate and Will in the original, I'm just making her, I'm making it <laughs> father-daughter. I'm skipping the brother-sister. <laughs> Might as well. I mean, what's, yeah. who cares? Um, Movie still works, more or less. Yeah, it doesn't really make a difference either way. Um, I Liam Neeson Ronan works. Go ahead. Uh, I did consider Tom Hardy. Yeah, <laughs> I did too. And then um, I uh, Daniel Day Lewis. It was, it was an Thinking of an oh. Irish actor, and um, again, th- as again thinking as father daughter, um, the third name that I thought of, uh, and I think I like the most is Brendan Gleeson. That's who I have as my number one. Oh yeah, yeah. I he is like the say- same age as as yeah. Um, well, so is uh, effectively uh, Liam Neeson, right? Um, I thought about that. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's fine. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Uh, I like Liam Neeson because of the fighting ability. He's a, he's got those big Irish ham hock hands. So does Brendan Gleeson. I, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how fast he is, but that's <laughs> also kind of why right. I like it though. Um, he's, he's carrying the same weight as yeah, Danaher was. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, you know, a couple of mine were already said. The other two that I have um, to go with an actual brother, like an actual like age range. I have Michael Fassbender as my guy. I always forget. <laughs> consider him. I definitely do consider him. Yeah, yeah. And then if we want to go with a similar kind of older um, brother, possibly the dad. The actor's name is Gary Lewis. Brendan, you would know him from Gangs of New York. He was also the dad in Billy Elliot. He plays... Gangs of New York. He plays um, 
one of he's like a uh, he's an older guy, kind of mm-hmm. kind of squat, baldish head, baldish head. Oh yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, he's good. He's small. Yeah, he's good though. Yeah, but yeah. I think he's like stocky yeah. and big, and like a he doesn't have to be tall, but like yeah, big yeah. personality and a yeah. scrapper. He's definitely a scrapper. All right, Micheline Flynn. I had two names quickly. Okay. Uh, and I was struggling for the third. And when I found the third, he's my number one by a landslide. Wow. Okay. He, I can't even think of anybody else except for number one. Okay. But I'll give you the two. Okay. Uh, Charlie Day. Uh-huh. He's too young. I know. I'm yeah. aging him up. Yeah. Uh, we're doing some makeup and some, some CG. Uh, in the it, from the same show, I went Danny DeVito as well. <laughs> <laughs> he can't pull off an Irish accent. Uh, uh, no, of course not. Uh, but number one, um, this guy we saw walking around Northern Ireland. Oh, Toby Jones. Yep. Uh, he is Irish. Uh, he's a little guy. A, a I like fat, it. Fat, round Irish head. Uh, you know. He, he's if for no one who knows uh, he's a character actor you, you've definitely seen him as like Truman Capote or he yeah. was Arnim Zola in the uh, Marvel movies um, I think he played Churchill somewhere in one of these goofy movies um, you've seen him around he's been in lots of stuff yeah. but he's a little guy okay. perfect and he's Irish and he's in I think he nails it yeah that's good that's good Eric uh, Eric I, I yeah I my my choices for Micheline all skewed a bit younger, but I don't yeah. I don't really uh-huh. I don't know how really necessary it is to be that much older than, but I guess it's still it could be easily done with makeup or whatever to make it a little bit older. But one name that I thought of that I kind of like, uh, Chris O'Dowd. That's who I had on my list. I have him somewhere else. And another name who is a little... Hey, Eric, Eric uh, talk into your mic. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And the other, uh, another name that I had that's outside the box, but in recent years, he's been doing, like, crazier kind of characters and even, like, heavy makeup and stuff that he's drastically changes appearance from time to time that he could dive into the character and I think it would be kind of funny to watch him do it. Uh, Colin Farrell. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, Okay, so... Wait, I get to go. Oh, sorry. So, (laughs) Eric took my Chris O'Dowd. So... The first person I thought of to play this, but he is no longer alive. If it were 10 years ago, he might have still been alive, was the the old guy from Waking Ned Divine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a guy, I won't say it, but yeah, but I have a guy who I really thought of, but I think he's, he's actually too old. But Got it. Interesting. My number two is super funny, and that is uh, Graham Norton. Whoa. <laughs> That's really good. Sure. Um, number one, I have Rowan Atkinson. 
<laughs> he might can, look a little too British. Can but... he do it and not speak? <laughs> Just um, but I'd also, as kind of a bit of stunt casting, I would pick a first-time actor named Rob Nash. Oh, my playing, God. <laughs> playing McLean. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I'd sign up for that. You'll see I'm wearing my official black coat. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, okay. I want to – these are the wild cards. Right. Uh, I'm going to do a quickie with – Father Peter Lonergan. Wow. Uh, I know. Uh, three of them came up. Uh, I thought we could do a Tom Hardy here if we wanted to as a throwaway. Fine. This is where I had Chris O'Dowd. Okay. I think that works. Uh, and this is actually where I want to put Colin Farrell as my number one. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Either of you guys do a... Father Lonergan. Oh yeah, yeah. This is where I put Liam Neeson. Oh yeah, sure. That's another spot for him. All right. Did you have others, Eric? Um. No. All right. I had uh, Sam Neill. Yeah. I had Pierce Brosnan, <laughs> but my number one is Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good of him. He's, he's in this movie somewhere. Yeah. Uh, for the widow to land, yeah. I have two names and only two. Uh, Kristen Wiig. Oh, my God. And the one I think I like better is Rose Byrne. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So I've got um, – it depends on, like, who's playing – Will Danaher. So, like, I've got, like, yeah. a couple of different ages. I've got Fiona Shaw, who plays Aunt Petunia in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, okay. So she's, like, a like would be, like, the Brendan Gleeson pairing. Yeah. Then I've got um, Bronna Gallagher, who was in The Commitments. She was in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, I know. The big eyes? Yeah. Yeah. And number one, she's not been in a ton of things, but she's an Irish actress. And when you look at her now, I think she could work. Alison Duty, who Doody. played, um, she was the uh, main female actress in Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. She plays the, with the blonde hair. Oh. Oh. The German? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Has anyone seen uh, her? Frau Schneider, Dr. Yeah, Schneider, whatever. Yeah, we've seen her in 30 years. I, I mean, she's been in a lot of, like, smaller stuff, wow. but... Okay. All right. But she's still working, and she, she's, like, 50-something right oh, now, really? so, like, it's, per, uh, like, perfect age to yeah. be a widow. Yeah. Mm. I, have, I have one name, and I sort of cast it, assuming... Brendan Gleeson is my uh, Will Danaher. <laughs> um, she might be too British, but I think she's definitely a good enough actress that she can definitely make it work. But I like uh, Emma Thompson as my widow to win. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. That's a good one. Uh, I didn't cast anybody else, so do you have any wild cards? 
Oh. Yeah, I've got a couple. So I did um, the Reverend Playfair. Um, and this is, I have either, I have them being a younger um, actor. This is, I, this was the other place I had Chris O'Dowd. But I also have, and I like it because it's a family relation, Domino Gleason. <laughs> All right. And then my air, then my stunt <coughs> casting oh, of God. Finny is Charlie Day. Finny, yeah. Finny, get your book out. Yeah. 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 He's definitely Finny. <laughs> I have I I the IRA guys, like that's where I've got like Colin Firth and Killian Murphy. They can be they're, like they're, anybody, yeah. They're, they're just, just they've got to be in there somewhere. Dudes. Yeah. But I like them being the IRA guys. Yeah. Eric, did you have any others? I did not do any other casting. Yeah. I mean. I I did have also the old lady um, who gives the stick. <laughs> it was all, <laughs> only because she would be in this movie somewhere. Um, uh, Fanula Flanagan. She was in. <laughs> you just want to say her name. Yeah. Um, she was in Waking Dead <clears throat> Divine. She was in The Others. If you saw her. You would recognize her face, but she's an older Irish right. actress, and she could play that part. <laughs> uh, I think anybody could play that part. Uh, she specifically. <laughs> All right. Uh, memorable scenes oh and quotable God. lines. Uh, you guys can rattle them off. The only one I wrote down was Bartel. Oh. Bartel. That's not the one I would have thought you would have said. <laughs> Which one? When I drink whiskey, I drink whiskey. Right. And when I drink water, I drink water. Yeah, I love that one. Could you use a little water in your whiskey? When I drink whiskey, I drink whiskey. And when I drink water, I drink water. Eric, do you, I, I've got a whole bunch that I could rattle off. But Eric, what do you got? Uh, the Marcus of Queensbury rules should be enforced at all times. Yep. Yeah. Um, and who taught you to be playing Patty Fingers in the Holy Water? <laughs> you love that one. I do love that one. Wipe your muddy boots. Yeah. <laughs> little, little, lady. That little lady. Yep, I got that one. Woman of the house. Yep. And look at you now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I... I like the, again, the IRA guys <clears throat> in there it, toward the end um, when Danaher says something along the lines of, I suppose the IRA is involved in this too. And one of the guys goes, if they were not a scorched stone of your fine house would be standing. And then Micheline goes, a beautiful sentiment. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh what, what, what does he say when he's going to go back and drink at the pub? Um, uh, we're going to go talk a little treason, treason. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a good one. Um, let's all cheer like Protestants. <coughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sit down. Sit down. That's what chairs are for. Only an American would think to paint the door emerald green. Yeah. I, I didn't write that one down. How did I not I'm write surprised. that one down? I'm as fresh as a daisy. You look more like a black-eyed Susan to me. That's such a John Wayne I know. quote. Black-eyed Susan, for Christ's sake. 
a man would have to be a sprinter to catch his wife in a bed like that. <laughs> so crazy. Ridiculous. <laughs> this movie's ridiculous. All of it. In, like I could I mean, quote the, in the whole best way. movie. Yeah. Saint indeed. I also, it's, I don't know if this bleeds into, I don't know if it's a memorable scene, but the whole concept of Will Danaher having a book that he's writing people's names yeah. down in is so ridiculous. Eric, this comes up every time I watch this, I comment <laughs> on it. Uh, when he tells, what's the Finny. Finny is like, Finny, you know. Get your book out. Get your book out. Write down, uh, Will, uh, uh, uh. Dermot Sean Fahey. Thornton. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, F-A-H-Y. Now, cross it out. And he crosses no. it out. And then Danaher sits there like he accomplished something. I like, know. ah, ha, that shows him. Yep. I, I really yep. stuck it to him. Like, what? Writing his name and, and yep. drawing a line through it? <laughs> that was a big fucking thing. It's so good. You had your chance and you flubbed it. Oh. I definitely say that. Flubbed it. Flubbed it. Yeah, I have like general, like kind of a couple of observations. Yeah. Oh, from this. So if we're talking like memorable scenes or kind of just, I want because this this might encapsulate some of the things you okay. might say. Um, we got to talk about John Wayne. <laughs> uh, okay. In this movie, okay. Um. He is a character of himself in this movie. Uh, we, everyone who has seen The Birdcage. It's so, exactly. You see What's-His-Face doing the John Wayne walk. <laughs> and then, you're like, okay, that's, that's a hilarious yeah. exaggeration yeah. of some dopey guy from the 50s or whatever. Then you see this movie. That's how John Wayne fucking walks. It is. Yeah. Um, I, but I love, he's... His response was what? No good. And Robin Williams is like, I don't know. I like. And he's like, no, it's, he's, it's perfect. I just never realized perfect. John Wayne walked like that. <laughs> no human being walks the way John Wayne walks in this movie. He leads with his shoulders. He walks sideways like a crab. <laughs> it's like he has two hips made out of pudding. Like he's all over the place. So, it's so insane, and you. It the biggest one. Well, I can't. I would just. I just. That's that's a lie. Um, also a quote. Um, mm-hmm. But he at the train station when he first is getting to Castletown. Yeah. He leads with his shoulder like he's like bent ninety degrees right. almost, leading with his shoulder to take the next step. He walks like he's trying to walk through a plate glass window. Like he's mm-hmm. sort of barreling through yeah. just the air. I don't know what. I was distracted by that through through most of the movie watching it this time. I'm like, he's like a cyborg. I don't know what he's doing over there, but it's, it's ridiculous. I also saw something. I, I, I noticed it every time I watch it. The number of cigarettes that he lights, yeah. and at most he takes like two drags from it and then throws it yeah. away. But that's such a that. But he's that way through most of his movies, yeah, lighting probably. up and then like flicking them out. But it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And he, there's always the, he's always striking the match on the 
most random places, like the bottom yeah. of that's, the shoe, or that's the part I like. The ceiling beams, the ceiling, yeah. the shoe. One Rocks. time, to just his, his thumb, he doesn't. Yeah. Like, what kind of matches are those? What kind of fingernails does he got to do that? <laughs> it's fucking John Wayne. Uh, yeah, he's just grizzled and sandpapery, and he yeah. can just like yeah. scratch it. Yeah, he doesn't use the fingernail. It's, right. it's the meat of his finger. His <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was my main observation: is John Wayne is uh, inhuman in this movie. I don't know what he's it's doing. So. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, and those, those are so horribly dubbed. Yeah. Uh, he says thanks in that fight, I don't know, four times or five times. Yeah. Three of them, he doesn't even move his mouth. Yeah. Like, what? And all three times, it's like the same, it's the same yeah. thanks. Yeah. 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 But I do like that this movie captures everyone's interest in a big fight. Yeah. Yeah. If, I mean, people fight all the time. There's a crowd, but if you saw the two people that you want to see fight and they were in, about to get into a fight, this is how it would play out. Yeah, I yeah. love people would yeah. run to go see this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love everything about the whole crowd and the town getting together. Yeah. I do like Finney's comment when they're all coming up through the field to the house and he goes, <laughs> Looks like the in-laws are coming to visit you, mm-hmm. Squire of Ireland. Mm-hmm. And like it's this big mob of people walking through the field. And one of the things I my observations the train conductor <laughs> somehow ends up with a like a glass of beer that he's holding at the field. So that's like <laughs> the that's a five-mile walk. Somewhere along the way, he picked up a beer. And he's like, like he's a part of the circle around those two guys <laughs> for the fight to start. But he's holding a beer. I'm like, where? Did, when did he pick that up? And how? Know, it's, and it's got to be the flattest beer <laughs> on earth now. Well, I don't think carbonation was a big issue. I guess, now. but it, yeah, it's really crazy. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the beer, that's something I want to point out too. Is those. Uh, those taps that they had in Cohan's bar were something else. Yeah. Oh, super fast. They're awesome. Yeah. Super fast and no head on it or anything. It was just an, just an instant pint. I believe those are, that's a, I mean, those were a real thing. I think some of the old bars, the old pubs still have those. I forget what they're called. There's some, there's like a name for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that uh, John Wayne asks for one of them black beers and I think he calls it a porter right then and throughout the movie, they refer to it as a porter as opposed right. to it's something else. Yeah. yeah. I do. One of the few kind of over the top sound effects that are used in the film. And I crack up or at least smile every time I hear it is the cork being pulled from the whiskey bottle <laughs> in the parlor. Yeah. yeah. And it happens twice. So she, the first time she pops it, and then she plugs it back into the bottle, puts it next to Nicoline, and then he pulls it out. And the same level of pop happens again when he tosses the cork over his shoulder. It sounds shoulder. like the cork pop we had at the beginning of the uh, old Boardwalk Empire. Uh, yeah, pretty podcast. much, yeah. yeah. Um, also, the 
banshee scream that John Wayne gives when he throws the rock through his own window (laughs) to scare out uh, Mary Kate. Yeah. That is the craziest sound I've ever, it it doesn't fit in this movie anywhere. I'm like, there's no way John Wayne made that sound. It sounds, it's like the sound of ultimate suffering. (laughs) Eric, please know, please guess the reference. (sighs) Sucka. Princess Bride. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say it almost sounds like one of the sand people. Yeah. They're screaming. <laughs> or, or when Obi-Wan Ben Kenobi scares them away. That's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I did like, so I, at first I didn't catch this and I had written it down the other day when I was first watching the movie. I'm like, Micheline is packing heat in this like that he was able to fire off oh, yeah. a gun a couple times during the <laughs> fight. And I'm like, does he carry a gun because he was taking bets and stuff? But I caught it that he gets the gun um, out of a box at the bar at Cohan's oh. bar that I thought he had it on his little stagecoach thing. Or whatever. No, no yeah, he, he got it out of a box that when the call came into the bar saying that they're five minutes away for the fight, he runs to the he asks oh, yeah, the bartender yeah, yeah. for it. Runs to the box, grabs it, and That's, he says, "One if by land, two if by sea," right. because there there were two different ways that they could be coming from. So he was going to use the gun to signal. So that is the bar's emergency use handgun. Yeah, pistol. Yes, not behind the bar. Right, which Just, is not behind the bar. It's like in a corner where the the payphone would be. Right, would it's have, like next to where. What do they call him, the general or something yeah, like that? Yeah. That guy that's just sitting there? <laughs> yeah. the, the, the guy who would be played by Guy Ritchie in my right. movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, is that, is our, we should have recast John Ford and it would oh be a God. Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. Also, and I notice this every single time, when he shoots the gun, why does he shoot it into someone's door or in their window? <laughs> why not right up in the air? He's clearly trying to kill yep. someone. Yep. Yeah. So I did um, notice, I've noticed this before, and I guess it was more of a thing back then, but she's got a pitcher of beer in their house, like at the end. I guess that was a thing that you would go to the bar and you would buy like a pitcher or a pail of whatever, and you would have it then to serve in your home. I I have a vague recollection of that from like the usual suspects or something like that that but talk about carbonation right going, i mean right not, i mean an open pitcher just sitting in your yeah kitchen I, I don't know yeah weird but she had a pitcher of beer waiting for them um <clears throat> i did think for a moment that you would want to buy the trooper thorn sweaters that the Two boxing managers. Oh, I was, I was looking at it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And those guys are the most stereotypical-looking boxing managers you yeah. could ever come up with, yeah. like trainers or coaches or whatever you call it. But like both sweaty. Like one guy looks kind of like um, uh, Mickey from yeah, Rocky, totally. and then just, the other guy's just like a meathead. Like yeah. just looks like he'd Did, be out of like. I, I was, guess out of Pittsburgh. So. I was wondering, watching it this time, who 
plays the boxer that he knocks out? Do we have any idea? No, I don't know. Because he's laying down and one or two of the ring ropes sort of obscure his face so you yeah. can't see it. I have a – I thought for a second that the guy laying down there being knocked out and killed was being played by uh, Danaher. No way. You can't see his face so you could never tell. But that guy, th- that's not an eighty-four-year-old's body. Uh, sixty-five or sixty-four. Uh, right. I didn't think so, but he's a heavy dude for sure. But for a second, I thought it could have been him. I think it I, looks I, more like I the guy who's not. playing um, Sean Thornton's like coach. It's the same guy laying on the ground. <laughs> it looks more like that guy than well, anyway, it does. Uh, uh, I thought if we look at it again. Uh, it's, yeah. I was trying to figure out who it was or if there was an actor, but I don't know. So, all right, let's get to the How Much Are They Worth game. And now, let's play the How Much Are They Worth game. This one is interesting because we have to go off the reservation, so to speak, and we can't use our um, celebrity net worth uh, website for all of them. We've got three of them. I could only find John Wayne, Marino O'Hara, and... Ward Bond on that site. I found the other two, Barry Fitzgerald and Victor McLaughlin, on this other site called idlenetworth.com. So we're trying to guess what their approximation is as well. So Do who we the have hell knows? Any idea like what time, like what? No. I, I didn't want to go too far into that site as a in case it showed me their network. Like, does it show today's dollars or 1960s dollars? Who the hell knows? All right. So, yeah, this is a, that's a tricky thing with this. Is it their net worth at time of death? Is it their like estate as of now? I I don't know what is it as of 1982? I don't know what we're talking about. So this is, this is the crapshoot. Version of this game. All right. So let's start with Barry Fitzgerald, Micheline Ogue Flynn. Uh, Let me write it in here. Fitzgerald. Oscar winner. Yeah. Long career. Oh, that didn't work. Let's do this. See, this is getting more difficult. I put three. Yeah, Rod Master play him. Mm-hmm. Close enough. Okay. Born in 1888. Okay, Barry Fitzgerald. Oh my God. Ugh. How do how do we even begin this? Uh, he's <laughs> worth. He so he died in sixty one. Did a bunch of movies, blah blah blah. I'm but gonna if, I'm gonna if, just say say aloud. I'm gonna use today's dollars of what an estate I mean, might I think be we today. Right? So this movie made ten million dollars adjusted. That was one hundred and seventy five million. So if Barry was worth. 
do the math. Right. See what I'm saying. I, I don't know how this is going to shake know. out. Well, uh, this will be kind of our trial run to see how we might have to adjust. Because it'll be your first look at. <laughs> I wrote down. This is this is the guess of all guesses. Uh, okay, Eric, do you have a number? Of sorts, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'll say two million. I have no idea. Let's see, I'm. You're ready to laugh or okay? I put fifteen. Million. See, I don't. I don't know if we're. If it's, I don't know how to do this. I, I put a hundred thousand. Yeah. The end. All right. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. Uh, died in sixty-one. So, okay. See, they're definitely today's dollars. Okay. What was your number, uh, Al? Fifteen. And Eric said two. Uh, Barry Fitzgerald had a net worth or has a net worth of 20 million. Wow. Mm. Sweetness. Yeah. I knew I wasn't doing that, but sorry. That was a dry run. Uh, Ward Bond plays Father Lonergan. He's been in a ton of movies. Yeah. And TV too, I think, right? Yeah. Was he in The Searchers with John Wayne also? He was in The Searchers, yes. He was in The Grapes of Wrath. He was in It's Wonderful Life. He's in pretty much every John Ford movie. Yeah. Even more so than John Wayne. Yeah. You have a number, Al? Um, yeah. Uh, okay. I said 25 million. I wrote 30. I, 25 was my number two. Okay. Fine. Ward Bond. Ooh. American actor who has a, or had a net worth of $5 million at the time of his death. So this is a different site than the previous one. So Got it. we're all over the place. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? 5 million. This game is not so effective for a 70-year-old movie. Right. <laughs> Five million. So Eric and I tie for that. Yeah. <laughs> Only off by 20 million. Yeah, a 70-year-old movie <clears throat> and every actor has been dead for 40 years. Yeah. With the exception yeah. of Meteor Harris, she died six In, years ago? Yeah, 2015. Yeah. Okay, Victor McLaughlin. This is back on the other the other website. Um, he plays. Um, <laughs> keeping you up? I know. You're right there. Sorry. Uh, okay, so another one in a bunch of movies. Let's see. If Barry Fitzgerald was twenty million, this guy have to be around there, right? Barry Fitzgerald was twenty. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, 
Uh, Al, do you have a number? Yep. What do you have? 15. Fuck. Eric, what do you have? My number was also 15. I said 28. Wow. 28 million. Let's see. Victor McLaughlin. Hey. Uh, oh. We are off. <laughs> um, he died in 1959, age 72, um, had a net worth of 950,000. Mm. Mm. Eric and I got that by default, but... Right. This is the worst game ever. Yeah, it's not very good. I told you we should have just done three. Ward Bond, O'Hara, and John Wayne. Okay, uh, the final two, the big two, Maureen O'Hara. This is back on our trusty site. Well, she was a very popular actress. She unfortunately was probably paid a woman's wages during this time. Yeah. But she lived all the way till 2015, so this number should be pretty reliable. Yeah. <clears throat> but she probably wasn't really working for a while though right yeah. Yeah, but hmm I'm gonna put a lot of stuff her she's got that parent trap money she's got uh, <laughs> miracle on 34th street yeah that's a big one McClintock. I like the movie McClintock because it has an exclamation point at the end. I know. <laughs> um, all, right. all right, Eric, give me a number. Maureen O'Hara. Uh, Maureen O'Hara. I'll say 25. Hmm. I said 10. I said 10 too. Oh my God, we are... Why is there always a tie? We're all tying. Cheers. Oh. Maureen O'Hara uh, was an Irish actress and singer who had a net worth of $10 million. Oh. So we get a double whammy. So going into the final, with that's John Wayne. Al has four, Eric has two, and I have two. No, I have, I have three because of that double. Wow. So right now, three, four, two. Eric can tie if he uh, nails it. All right, Jonathan Wayne, Batman's father. Hmm. All right, Maureen, 10. Perry Fitzgerald, 20. I, don't, I still don't believe that number. Ward Bond, 5. I got a number. Oh, my God. I have a number. Uh... 
I have a number. Um, I have him down at forty-nine million. I've got fifty. <laughs> yes. Hmm. I have eighty-five. I'm saying eighty-five. I almost went that high. I almost went that high. Oh, John Wayne was an American film actor, director, and producer. See, this is who had a net worth at the time of his death of $7 million. Whoa. Whoa. That's our number. That's our number, I think. That's the same as around $25 million after adjusting for inflation, it says. Okay. So, so you get it because you are 49 and I was 50? Yeah, I mean, 7 or 25 yeah. doesn't matter, so I get it. Um, but that means we tie. You and me? Yeah. <sighs> we do a John Ford. John Ford. Director Johnny Ford. Uh, he's not on here. Let me go to the other one. John Ford Network. Oh. Um, Idle Network. Okay. John Ford. He is here, so we'll see. He's got 147 director credits on IMDb. And this, you know, back in the 50s, 40s, 30s, I don't, were, were directors paid more than the stars? Yeah. And that's not the case these days, but. John Ford, IMDb. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Oh my God. When did he? 76, 66. He died in 73. Director. The Quiet Man, Rio Grande. Ford Apache, The Fugitive. Um, there's so many, so many. Okay. I'm gonna go JF with a network of I've got a number. I have one. 21. I have 10. Damn. I think yours is going to be right. John Ford. Uh, where is he? Idle net worth. Oh, John Ford has a net worth of 1.6. Whoa. So you take it. Wow. 
Son of a. Yay. That was the hardest and least accurate game yep. we've ever had. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the searchers. He did all kinds of good stuff. Grapes of Wrath. Informer, the quiet man. Who shot Liberty Battle. Balance? Yeah, the Battle of Midway. Oh my God. All kinds of stuff. He has a long resume. Yeah. So, all right, final thoughts on the quiet man. Uh, I will say that when I was watching this the other day and then even today, I catch myself with just a smile on my face when I watch it. Like I, I so thoroughly enjoy watching yeah. this movie. It's so charming and so yeah. fun. Char- and, yeah. and it's also very nostalgic for our family. Like I hear our mom <laughs> like giggling at certain parts or she would quote this movie a lot too, but yeah. it is just charming and lovely and funny and i i love it the yeah. more i watch it the more i love it yeah yeah good yeah charming would be the perfect word to describe it yeah i uh i find myself yeah like Allison, loving it more and more but i as funny as it is throughout the 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 part of the movie that I like the most and as, uh, and it, it's, it's not even really like a particular joke or anything. I love the end of the movie when, um, the, the Reverend Playfair is driving his Bishop through town. And the whole point of it is that there are, there's all his congregation is super small, so yeah. he's gonna get transferred out. And all the Catholics in town line up on the street and cheer for him so that it looks like he's uh, to show how much he's loved there to try and get him to stay so that he can stay because they all like him so much. Yeah. Like that's just such a Do you like a Protestant? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, even, like even the Catholic priests are covering up their collars and cheering for him to make it a, a big a showing for him as they possibly can because they love him so much and they want him to stay. Yeah. It's good because it's a callback to the, you know, that mention of his, you know, he may have to leave because his congregation is two or three people. Um, but it's a, it's a scene they didn't have to put in there. Like if you didn't, yeah reference that and, and pay that off it wouldn't have mattered it was a, a little throwaway line it doesn't even matter that much but the fact that he did that it it shows you the thought that was put into this movie even though there are it has its issues but uh it is charming and it is uh uh it's very 50s or even yeah. 40s to be yeah. honest uh it's very old um, traditional, uh, old school, but it's, it's surprisingly funny. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you've definitely done this before toward the end when John Wayne get and the, and Will Dan Hurst show up at the house and John Wayne takes his hat off and he <laughs> shucks it into that room 
and the angle in which it like curves into that bedroom is um, slice. It's right amazing. And John <clears throat> Wayne's face when he turns around is so gleeful. He is so proud of that throw. Like he just was it enjoyed what just happened. And I'm right there with him. Like yeah. I thought it was I thought it was so great. It's a it's a well acted movie too. Yeah. I mean, obviously with the best uh, actor stuff or whatever. Um, Saddle his horse. Everyone is giving the right kind of performance for this yeah. movie. I mean, that performance may not work somewhere else, but yeah. for this movie with the sets and with the John Fortiness of it and the, the fight and the goofy Michelin stuff and the everything seems to work. It's yeah. good. The bar scenes are great. Yeah. Like it's just like you want to live there. Yeah. Cause it would be it, yeah. like everybody's in everybody's business to your point about, you know, this is the fight that everybody's waiting for and the whole town <laughs> gets together for it. And it's just, well, it's so great. And to point that out uh, at the beginning, as soon as John Wayne gets off the train, there's six people in his pocket, like <laughs> wondering what the hell's going on with this guy. Like, Whoa, those got those people. Oh, and you're right. They are like, inside his personal space there is not six inches between who are you what are you doing how can i help you where are yeah. you going where are you staying why don't you have a fishing rod and what's going everybody's on everybody's got yeah. different ways of getting to where he's trying to go yeah. and it's yeah it's good it uh it's an idealized version of small town ireland but uh it's not that far i off. don't think it's that far <laughs> off all right i don't know that they could make it like can they remake this movie exactly like this they if they did it as a almost like a period piece i think they could do it more well, it would be a different storyline if it were like it, remade i think it could be done again i think this movie could be done again very relatively close to what it was before if you look at waking the divine if you look at the matchmaker with the uh Janine Garofalo, that sort of small town Irish fishing town type of thing. It's got, there's elements there in modern movies that you could make work, I think. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, if you were going to make it as a modern movie, there are elements of it that would need to change, obviously, but I I think it it works well. You could also do it as a period piece, like a true remake of it as well, of course, but um, yeah, it's just delightful. Yep. 